Well, it's wonderful to be with you on the first Sunday of the new year and uh, very excited about this future that we get to do together serving God. And, and I want to talk to you today about something that's on my heart for you, for our church collectively. And I think Ephesians chapter 4 is a good place to start. I'll read it to you from the message translation. It says, no more immature behavior amongst us. Children are an easy mark for imposters. What does that mean? Children are an easy mark for imposters. Well, the whole book of Ephesians is a letter written to people who are coming to Christ and from a Jewish background and from a, what we call a Gentile background, a non-Jewish background. And in this letter, Paul is writing, they call it an epistle, a letter, a letter to the church. He's reminding them that growing up spiritually is of importance and interest to everyone. Because he's saying, as children, we're easy, easy, undeveloped people. You could call it that. Children can be misunderstood here, but it's talking about undeveloped spiritually. And, and, and so when someone comes with a false teaching or something that's philosophical or sounds interesting, it tickles your ears, it kind of lines up with what you want and what you believe. We're living in the days where a lot of people, they don't really want Jesus. They want what Jesus does, but they don't want him. I want the success, but I just don't want to work hard. I want to be famous, but for nothing. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If I ever watch another YouTube channel that tells me to subscribe, I might, might just have to pray to Jesus for the fruit of the Spirit. Subscribe. We get our whole sense of worth by our subscription base. And so Ephesians is so good for us and it helps us to understand God's intentions for us. And this is what he says, no more immature behavior amongst us. Children are easy marks for imposters. And those who are young in the faith and young in their walk with Jesus, it's amazing how when someone gives their life to Christ and an old boyfriend turns up and texts or Facebooks or messages. It's, it's unbelievable. You say that's not true. Trust me, talk to people and you'll find out. I started going for God and they turned up. A new job could turn up. It's the dream job, but it's going to take you away from serving God. I'm always amazed how people make decisions to go to a new job. And yet the last thing they even think is, is there a good church where I'm going? And it lacks wisdom, actually. The truth is, is there should be counsel with it. There should be some wisdom in there. But the truth is, is God's not giving you a red light. He gives you a green light for serving Him. But you also got to understand 100% wisdom, 100% freedom always is equal with 100% wisdom. God doesn't give you 100% freedom and then not equal it with 100% wisdom. That would be irresponsible. So He says here, He says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and to speak it in love. Be like Christ in everything. That's a great benchmark right there. We take our lead from Christ. He's the role model that we look to. 
who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flows through us, nourishing us so that we can grow up healthily in God. I really want to start the new year with our church, Hillsong Berlin, to basically say, this is the year to grow up spiritually. This is the year to grow up healthily in God. This is the year where you're going to grow like you've never grown before. This is the year where you're going to make more progress than you've ever made in your walk with God before. So some of the things we need to consider about spiritual growth. I think sometimes there's some myths connected to growth. And one of them is, well, growth is automatic. I think sometimes maybe we don't say it, but we have this thought maybe that, well, it's just automatic, isn't it? Like I just keep growing. And the truth is, it's actually not automatic. Let me tell you the honest truth about this is, is growth is a decision. It's a choice. You actually have to choose to grow. You, you cannot be neutral. It doesn't exist. You're either moving forward or you're slipping back. You're either moving forward or you're slipping back. No one's neutral. So what we got to maybe consider this year, allow the wisdom of the Word to strengthen us, to build faith, because there is no faith without the Word of God. Growth is a choice. It's a decision. I want to grow. I have a desire to grow. I'm committed to growing. I know I'm not where I should be, but I know I can keep moving because of Jesus. Because spiritual growth is not that you become a super saint. Spiritual growth is I'm aware of my Potential to be lazy. I'm aware of my desire to be comfortable. I'm aware of us maybe not moving venues too often. But I'm more aware of His incredible goodness even when I don't feel like it. And so I think growth is something we've got to realize. It's not automatic. Let me give you some other thoughts about this. Growth is instant. It's not. Growth is not instant. It's a gradual process. So if you want to grow this year, just understand it's not going to be instant. You're not going to see instant results. One night at the gym is not going to turn your body into... You can YouTube all you want. But growth is a gradual process. Will you go on a gradual process this year? I don't really know the Bible, but you know what? I want to get to the end of the year and I'd love to be able to say, you know what? I know a lot more about the Word of God than I... I did when I started. Take the year. I think sometimes we forget that growth actually is a gradual process and it's a lot less instant than we could ever imagine. So don't put the instant gratification on your personal growth. Your spiritual growth is going to take a whole lot of time. But it's by design. It's deliberate. It's purposeful. We think sometimes growth comes by attending church and yeah, you can come to a positive environment. It can have some impact on you. But the truth is, I do not believe your spiritual growth literally comes from just attending church. I believe the local church is a place to belong, not just to attend. You do belong to a family. You don't attend a family. When the relationship is weak, the belonging is weak and the attendance is more of duty than joy. 
I think a lot of people who've got a church background come here and they get overwhelmed by the enthusiasm and the joy and the celebration and the happiness and the enthusiasm for the things of God because their religious experience was out of duty. And so growth comes out of a relationship. It comes out of getting involved. It doesn't come by just attending. And the tragedy is, is I know people who've been here for three years and chosen not to get involved. It's more like, and, and, and you're not helping yourself and you're not helping us because you see, you won't grow by folding your arms. You won't grow by, by standing at the back. And my prayer is for some of you, if you've got comfortable sitting at the back, that you'll start to challenge yourself. And by the end of the year, my goal is to be at the front. You'd be surprised when you just, because why? Our nature wants to go to habits. Our nature wants to go to comfort. Our nature wants to go to familiar, I've got this under control. And you'll find your growth is when you let go, not when you hold on. Your personal growth is always connected to letting go, stepping out. And my challenge to our church is, imagine if everyone in the church decided to go on a journey this year to say, you know what? I am not going to settle for where I am. I know there's more in God. I want to be a part of something bigger. What would that create in our church? It's not how good's the leader. It's how healthy is the church? Go where you literally can soar, where you can expand, where you can enlarge. But don't go back to your comfort zone. Don't go back to your smallness. Don't go back to where you're in control. You've got to declare over your life this year, I have a new boss and his name is Jesus. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss. I think that's where you see spiritual growth coming because you make decisions. You don't settle for comfort. You don't settle for smallness. Growth comes from allowing other people into your life. Well, I don't need anyone to grow. That's not true. You actually need other people. I need you. You need me. We need each other. I think we just got to get these things sorted on the inside. Growth doesn't come just by saying I'm on my own. Growth comes by letting other people in. Will you let the pastor in? Well, before you let me in, let Jesus in. Because I'm, I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to trust Jesus. But trust me, he'll help you to figure out who you get to trust. But growing is something that you've got to commit to. Growth comes by hearing. It doesn't. Growth comes by living what you're hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to finish with a story, if we could do that. Is that okay? And I think this story captures the essence of what I believe could be so much about our lives this year. It's found in the Gospel of Luke. And I love the Gospels of Luke because Luke always puts people who don't measure up to God in the narrative. If, if you ever feel like you don't measure up and you're kind of like an outsider, not an insider, you're not like a super Christian, you're, you're kind of like haven't got it all together, you should read the Gospel of Luke because he always puts people who are outsiders and God turns them into insiders. But let me read one of the stories. And Jesus told a story. To someone who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He tells the story of two men that went to the temple to pray. One was a religious person, a Pharisee, and the other one was a despised person, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed a prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, dishonest, sinful and adulterous. I am certainly not like that Spanish tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even open his eyes towards heaven. And he prayed, 
Instead, he beat his chest with sorrow saying, Oh God, be merciful to me for I am sinful. I tell you, this tax collector who didn't have it all together, not the Pharisee who thought he had it all together, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I think this is a profound story and it gives you again the consistent narrative of Jesus, which is pride versus humility. It is not a story of good versus bad. Maybe you grew up with that story. A religious narrative is always the good and the bad. And I think sometimes we feel like, well, if I do good, I'm going to get good. And if I do bad, I feel I'm going to get bad. And when bad things happen to us, we go, oh, that bad's happening to me because I did bad last week. I should have helped that person on the tram. I should have, I, I don't know what you do, but sometimes our human side, our religious side of us thinks that if we do good, we get good. And we get upset when we do good and it doesn't turn into good. And I think this is again what God is doing. He's, narrow, he's literally giving us a narrative. Everything you see Jesus do is a narrative of pride versus humility. And pride is false identity, wrong identity. So what does pride have to do? It overcompensates. It hides. It covers. It overprojects. It's boastful. It pulls others down so they can be lifted high. You ever get around a person with a prideful spirit, you'll never feel better. You'll always feel like you're a loser. You'll always feel like you're the worst. But you get around someone with humility. You always feel like you're the best. You always feel like you can do more. You always feel like you're, you're just in your better space when you're around a spirit of humility. That's why Jesus is a person of humility. You'll never be around the presence of God and feel like you're a loser. God doesn't do that to you. But a spirit of pride will always make you feel like you're never, ever good enough. I don't measure up. Can I announce to you today, we will never measure up. Why is it that spirits, growing up spiritually is so important for all of us? Because growing up spiritually is just an awareness that we're not good enough. It's an awareness that we still have mistakes. It's an awareness that we still have habits. We still have addictions. We still have things going on. And at the same time, we are in awareness of our own failure, in awareness of our own sinfulness. What did the tax collector say? He didn't dare even look to God. He beat his chest in repentance and sorrowfulness and saying, God, have mercy on me. I don't have it all together. I haven't had all the best intentions. When I should have read my Bible, I didn't. When I should have given, I didn't. I should have prayed for her, but I ignored her. I deleted her from my phone. I blocked her on my phone. Oh God, have mercy on me. A social media sinner. <laughs> Growing up spiritually is not you're a super saint and you levitate above the floor six inches. Growing up spiritually is you know that you're capable of hating when you know you could actually love. You know that you could do more, but you choose to sometimes just pull back and be in control. You know that it's better to let Jesus be Lord, but sometimes you just kind of rely on Him being Saviour. I don't know about you, but there's so much about this story. But look what the guy did, the religious leader. Thank God I'm not like him. 
Thank God I'm not like her. Hey, did I tell you? I fast twice a week. Did I tell you? Look at me. Look, look, look. I'm writing the offering. Quick, quick, quick. Look, look, look. Where's the envelope? Where's the envelope? Quick, quick. Oh, oh, oh. The light, the light, the light. Now, obviously, it's a bit dramatic. A lot dramatic. But pride, pride wants everyone to see. Humility actually is okay if no one sees it. And I want you to understand this year, growing up spiritually is about less pride and more humility. Imagine what our relationships would look like if there was less pride and more humility. Imagine what it would be like at work if there was less pride and more humility. Imagine what a team would look like. Imagine what a church would look like if there was a whole lot more humility and a whole lot less pride. I honestly believe His presence will be supernatural. I believe that we will see the momentum that comes by the grace of God, by the way. So you want to know what supernatural or you want to know what's growing up spiritually really looks like? Do you, know what, do you want to know what it really looks like? I know I don't measure up, but I know Jesus does. I know I haven't got it all together, but I know that Jesus has. I know that I make mistakes, but Jesus has never failed me or He'll fail anyone else.